We acknowledge that we are on Treaty 6 territory, the gathering grounds for many diverse First Nations, Métis, and Inuit peoples, whose footsteps mark this land and whose presence continue to enrich our vibrant community. Hello and welcome back to Research Recasted, the knowledge mobilization podcast. I'm Bernie Eklund and I'm here with Dylan Cave, who will be joining us silently today. This summer, we're taking some time to catch up with last season's researchers. And today we're following up with episode 14 guests and chatting about the Edmonton Queer History Project. Joining us again is Dr. Chris Wells, Dr. Michelle Lavoie, and Darren Hagen. If you missed their episode, we highly recommend going back and giving it a listen before you dive into today's. Welcome back, everybody. Great to be back. Great to be back. So, uh, last time that we spoke, the Edmonton Queer History Project um, had not quite launched yet, but it has now, and the weather is beautiful, meaning everyone has a chance to go on the walking tour um, how did the launch go? Well, it was a cold was day in March, <laughs> but we like to say, um, like all Edmontonians, we had warm hearts, if, even if we had cold hands. Uh, but it was, uh, it was a, it was a remarkable moment. It and was. to host the launch at Michael Fair Park was important, uh, to us and significant to the project. Um, and our very first podcast episode which Darren hosts, called From Here to Queer, uh, features Michael Fair. And uh, our second uh, podcast uh, episode was was also special and just dropped during uh, this Pride Month. Darren? Oh, and uh, well, and it's it's great because I'm I'm actually looking at an artifact in front of me right now that Michelle brought in. It's 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 a T-shirt that says, "I stayed at the Lake of Fire, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt." And it's signed, Allison, 2013, and Thomas, 2013, and that Allison is Allison Redford, former premier, who was our second podcast episode guest. Oh, yeah. I did not know that Allison Redford was connected to the queer community. Well, uh, she did run against Danielle Smith in the Lake of Fire election, which is suddenly very relevant again. Really? Uh, yeah. In this moment now, yeah. So that was, uh, it's kind of amazing to be looking at this thing right in front of me. And actually, we asked her about the t-shirt and she kind of remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will have a picture of the t-shirt on our Instagram, so you can absolutely go check that out. So two podcast episodes out now. And what about the walking tour? Because obviously a cold day in March, um, not ideal, especially since we had kind of a super yucky um, winter this winter. But now that people are out and about and it's beautiful, how's that going? Well, the the response has been phenomenal, right from the the launch, and uh, it was cool at the launch. We we had uh, three former mayors of the city of Edmonton who were all there. Mayor Sohi, our our current mayor, who spoke. Uh, Jan Reimer and uh, Don Iveson, and all of them in their their own right are uh, queer history makers. Mm-hmm. They've been mayors who really uh, help to um, nurture, support the LGBTQ plus community to continue to grow and thrive within the city of Edmonton. So it was special to have them there. We had a, a senator there as well, uh, Senator uh, Patty uh, Lubicon Benson, and uh, we had our uh, our uh, tourism minister, uh, Minister Randy Wassano, amongst many other uh, history makers and lots of dignitaries and stuff. It was really an impressive moment, and in freezing cold, in true Edmonton style, kind of perfect actually that way. Yeah, and the snow snow was coming down, and and we actually had our first uh, walking tour right after that with. Uh, 
Darren and uh, Michael leading the way. And I, I think uh, I was left speechless at the end because my mouth was frozen. <laughs> it was. He tried to ask me a question as I got into my car and it kind of came out like this. <laughs> and I just laughed. <laughs> to be fair, the first one we did in the warm weather was just as cold. There was no snow on the ground, but Michael and I almost froze our buns off. <laughs> So as uh, as we as we picked up from uh, the project, we were fortunate enough to be able to get some support from the city of Edmonton and the Edmonton Downtown Business Association. And the city has a, a downtown vibrancy fund, and so they funded our summer tour program, uh, which consists of uh, a series of uh, guided uh, walking tours with Darren or Michael as wow. the hosts, and uh, two queer history bus tours yep. as well. How with- are we doing on plaques? Ah, the plaques. <laughs> the plaques are a work in progress, I believe, aren't they? The plaques. So uh, as we call them plaques, heritage markers, uh, you know, place markers. Um, we are still in the discussion with the city of Edmonton, and we're actually um, hoping to engage the Edmonton Arts Council as well to uh, talk about what, what should an appropriate marker or plaque look like and, and sort of to um, uh, be able to uh, come up with a, a concept and an idea and then uh, pilot that um, out in the community as well. So there's lots of uh, things definitely to uh, look forward to, but you can imagine that putting uh, a sign or a plaque on city property is no small uh, feat. So there are many layers of, uh, of bureaucracy involved, but at every layer we've just received overwhelming support. People want to see it happen. And I think that's been, you know, uh, really positive reception is what we had hoped to is people are telling us their stories and they're opening literally their closets uh, um, to give us stuff. And and it, it's sort of been a, a happy problem to have with the map. A lot of people, you know, called us up or, or emailed us and said, why aren't we on the map? Yeah. You know, like <laughs> we contributed to Edmonton's queer history. We should be on the map. And we're kind of like. Well, you know, we we only started by focusing on the downtown, and as f- the reason we we chose those locations was, you know, part of it was the walking tour. How far could you expect somebody to reasonably walk in, you know, in in a in a tour? And personally, I'm quite lazy, so the walk can't be too long. <laughs> and then it was like, uh, well, we will hope to make more maps, and so tell us about your history and and uh, you know, uh, connect us to some of those important resources so that we can you know, also begin to document, archive, and share. That's been a big part of our, our project, too, is really what's up on our website right now is just the tip of the iceberg of the information that we we actually have. So, um, you know, being able to preserve that, protect that, and there's so many more stories to be able to tell. It's amazing what happens when you start to actually share the queer history. This happened on the bus tour years ago, too. Just by putting people on a bus and showing them what you know, you learn more because they all throw in their own memories and that becomes part of the next tour. So it's just layers and layers and layers of input coming. And so the broad swath that the downtown walking tour sort of laid over downtown Edmonton's map has inspired everyone to look now for their own piece of queer history. And I actually did get a call from one of the theaters going, how come the Citadels they are not on us? I'm like, okay, you're in the wrong part of town. We can't walk that far, but trust me, you'll be on the next one maybe (laughs) okay so i mean i mean it's nice because as you're saying like sharing stories breeds more stories coming in so how are you managing all of that how are you intaking archiving like do you have a tip line <laughs> well, like that good idea. Kind of. the, the, That's a good idea. Is it the pink phone uh, <laughs> you know that, that that rings or uh, um um 
that's uh you know something that we've actually you know been thinking a lot about too and, and part of our goal has been to digitize and and make things publicly available and you know it's great to have things in a in a physical archive and to be appropriately cataloged and preserved but you know not many people get to see that right our world is increasingly you know digital so um just recently we we put out a, a job uh position for uh, a research assistant to work on our archives and to not only help us do the research of finding information about particular places and people, but to help to, um, you know, manage the growing archive, catalog things, uh, you know, appropriately, and just to uh, continue to ensure that, um, you know, we're following the appropriate standards and procedures. And, and in a way, again, that's going to preserve this information uh, for generations to come. So, we want to we want to get off on the right uh, foot, so to speak, with uh, doing. Yeah, because I mean, you mentioned you know people are sharing more stories, but you also mentioned like people are actually opening up stuff. And Michelle, you have brought this hat with you. Are you guys getting like people literally opening their closets and sharing like artifacts and, and physical items? Absolutely. Well, some of this stuff came from like a long time ago. So this was from the original when we started with the exhibition in 2015. So this is Maureen Irwin's hat. And it's covered, sorry, you can't see it. Is that like Janice Irwin? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Maureen Irwin was a pioneer uh, in our our movement, um, in the 2SLGBTQ movement. And, um, yeah, she was just a pioneer. She did so much. But I brought in the hat, which came from the exhibition. We still have, we have, like, probably a thousand documents, pieces of paper, um, photographs, some objects, and uh, this is one of them. And I brought it in as a prompt because, like, she was into everything. And it, it's pretty important to see. Like, if you could see this hat, and we need maybe a photo of it. Put a photo I on. have a photo. It will be on Instagram. Perfect. It's covered It's covered with, you know, buttons, you know. Eve was framed is my favorite. Uh, the but, girl you know, guides. <laughs> girl guides. The quilt. When that came to Edmonton, we can oh, talk about that, the right? Quilt, yes. Yes. And but I mean, she was into everything, and it just it made me think of. Um, sorry, I go off on a slight tangent, but it made me think of a scholar who was who was talking about you know, look at the people who are into everything, like especially nowadays. You know, you look at what's happening in the states and what's happening everywhere politically, and. Uh, those are the people, you know, who are really important and, and really important to remember and to think about uh, how it's all integrated, right? Um, so anyway, getting away from your question. Um, yeah, so we have lots and lots of physical archives. They're amazing because each and every one of them is a story. Each of these buttons on this hat, and there yeah. have to be 100 buttons on this hat, each of these buttons is a story, right? And so it, it's... it's um, it's very important to have these artifacts, these stories, to be able to touch into history, like really physically, and 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 uh, expand from there. There's a button here that says Calgary's first lesbian conference, May 13th, 14th, 1983. 1983. So yeah, Maureen worked alongside Michael Fair in a lot of the earliest movements of approaching the Human Rights Commission and things like that, trying to get change to happen for queer people. Talk about the quilt. Oh, the AIDS quilt. I can't. I'll cry. Well, you know, when it came to, I actually, I remember this button because I had this button. Uh, it came in 89 and your husband, um, yeah. Kevin brought it in. Kevin He's, Hendricks yeah. brought it in. Part of the names project. Yeah. yeah as part of the, uh, works project, kind of in, in association with the works. Yeah. Anyway. And it was displayed, uh, both times it was here, it was displayed in the Lee Pavilion at the Citadel. At the Theater. Citadel. And one of the most moving 
pieces of art, pieces of memorial that I've ever experienced. It was, it was uh, for me too, you know, walking into there and you're, it's just like, you're overwhelmed by the presence of these quilts because they hung from ceiling to floor in the Lee Pavilion and there were what, hundreds of hundreds, them. Hundreds, yeah. And yeah. they were just amazing. And of course, each one is a, is a memorial to each square, right? Uh, it was a memorial to a person. Was well, a and each one is its own person, not only its own memoriam, but it's also each one is its own work of art created mm -hmm. by someone who is in mourning and uh, trying to create a, a legacy moment for their loved one that they had lost to AIDS. It's really just one of the most powerful pieces of public art I've ever experienced. Mm -hmm. I'd have to say the same. You know, it really and, was. And we all we all have sort of you know different stories of of that sort of interaction, that moment. I remember you know telling Darren uh, I was just coming out at at that time when it was coming, and here in Edmonton, and I couldn't go see it because uh, I knew I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for that, and I didn't want to you know face um, all of that death and all of that trauma uh, because you know I had grown up in the eighties and and. That was the narrative I heard as a queer kid in Alberta, you know, who was in the closet because there wasn't a space to be out. It wasn't safe to be out. There were no legal protections. Uh, was that you were going to get AIDS and be dead by the time you were 30. That was the stereotype that was around. And so you're like, why would I come out to that? Yeah. Right. And, and, and again, that was the dominant narrative in the media. It wasn't until you actually found your way into the queer community that you knew that that wasn't true. And that, you know, there were many people who were, were thriving and successful and, but, um, you know, there was just, there was just no way that I could walk through those doors to, to see that and interact with it. And, and so it would take many years for me to come full circle and to, you know, engage and begin to learn about that history again, that history is not taught in schools. Yeah. You're not, you're not learning it anywhere. Um, and to really, you know, understand exactly what Darren and Michelle had talked about was really the power and the power of the story and the power of not forgetting. And, you know, behind that is, is all of the activism. And, you know, one thing that I learned about the quilt that always stuck with me is, you know, it's the symbolism. Every square is three feet by six feet. And size that's of a grave. Size of a, a grave. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, what we're, we're memorializing, we're celebrating, but we're still fighting and we're still fighting, you know, forward and, Michelle said today, right, with the news out of the United States and, and how, you know, Roe versus Wade and and how these movements intersect and, you know, how we can't forget about that importance of coalition building and, you know, uh, what that means and to, to learn the, those lessons, you know, of the past. And, you know, in the queer community, um, we're facing this in our own provincial election that's coming up not knowing what the, the next leader will be. and Will it know, be the Lake of Fire 2.0? The Lake of Fire premier is, uh, you know, potentially Danielle Smith uh, yeah. you know, may, be, may be elected. And and we remember that, you know, these times when she ran on a platform of abolishing the Human Rights Commission. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, how tenuous these rights are and, and why, you know, projects like this are important in not forgetting and, and learning from the past. But also to um, you know keep building that inclusive future right we 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 get the future that we're willing to build right and that means us coming together as community and educating ourselves raising our own consciousness developing you know the the language and the tools um, to be able to advocate and in in other cases to be able to fight right? yeah there's actually something that I I would like to talk about and maybe this plays into 
the expansion of this project and, and where it's going next. Cause I know there is a plan to do more maps, but you know, recently there's kind of, you know, you guys are looking at the history of, of the queer community in Edmonton, but as we all know, history is created every day and the pride corner on white Avenue is this thing that has kind of just cropped up out of people fighting back against street preachers. And they have now been recognized by the city and it is now becoming kind of this really interesting, is it kind of like a little baby star in the universe of queer history in the city where it's being born? Like, is that a stop on the next tour? Like, where do you guys want to expand next? I can't see how it couldn't be a stop on the next (laughs) tour. (laughs) Without, without cornering Chris into something on, on, on live podcast. Um, history is a moving target. History is being made all around us. And I think we have to stop thinking about history as something that happened decades ago because history is happening right now. Like we interviewed Alison Redford before Jason Kenney stepped down. And so it was interesting because she was actually in her answers about tw- 10 years ago, she was actually predicting what was going to happen in a few weeks. It was fascinating. And to think that Danielle Smith would suddenly be back at the front of that pack again yeah. is just remarkable. Somehow I found out I was following her on Twitter the other day and she's following me. So I changed that. But I, that was, I don't know how that happened. I mean, it's, you got to keep your enemies closer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, where is the next, is there plans to do another neighborhood? Um, and is that an expansion within downtown or, you know, head to White Ave or head north side? What's, what's the plan? Yeah, and, and part of that plan has been people reaching out to us. And so we, we had a, an email from uh, the uh, Old Strathcona Business Association and, you know, basically they said, we want a map. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we said, well, you know, yeah, you know, that's definitely been on our on our radar when you think of, you know, neighborhoods where queer history has been uh, significant and LGBTQ people have been visible and had a, you know, a strong, lasting presence. Certainly White Avenue has been one of those those areas and and some of that wanes up and down and back and forth throughout throughout the years. Um, Oliver and and One Twenty Fourth Street, the you know the west part of of downtown, is also uh, you know on our on our radar and and very much this notion of community mapping. And but to be able to do that mapping, you know, we need to be able to find the information and to be able to uh, you know talk with people, to do research, to um, you know uh, focus on what might be some of those significant moments and to get people talking, to get people remembering. So um, thanks to Michelle's work and, and support from the Edmonton Heritage Council, uh, we are going to be able to go uh, now uh, to White Avenue Woo-hoo. and begin in some, some of that work. Uh-huh. We've begun. We've begun. I actually brought, um, just for my prompt, um, uh, one of the greater Edmonton Pride pages from 2000. And they started in 1990. Four, and we have about five or six of them. So, I mean, we got a little grant and we started to look and uh, I've begun, I've done quite a lot of writing on the fringe. I'm not quite ready to hand it over to Darren because I'm terrified. <laughs> Darren is, is, Darren is the queen of the fringe. Well, Darren, you, you have been there since 1987 till. It's 35 years yeah. this summer. We're doing our 35th anniversary. It's pretty amazing. And you've done everything there. And I had no idea, like I've known Darren for a while now, but. But I had no idea. He did everything from acting to producing to doing music to 
directing, to bring other people in. It's, it's to... called being a theater whore. <laughs> <laughs> and a good one. And it's a good one. Pretty, it's pretty fabulous. It's pretty fabulous. So, well, I was going to say, Strathcona, when we were doing yeah. the Queer History Bus Tour, when Michael and I were building it decades, uh, like a decade or so ago for the downtown, we decided to add a South Side tour. And it was kind of amazing how many pieces of queer history on the South Side. And interestingly enough, a lot of lesbian history on the South yep, Side. Yep, yep, yep. So, as opposed to downtown. Yeah, so it's it's um, yes, and so that's going to come out as we as we research. But the fringe, uh, we have a fri- uh, timeline, a queer history timeline of the fringe, and lots and lots of images from the fringe, and so that's that's coming. And that's before you called me up for my images. Yes, that's before. <laughs> yes, so I haven't done that we're yet. looking at tripling our inventory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was interesting. And then you know, um, talking about documents, as Chris was. Uh, you know, having some of the physical documents as well as as getting a hold of people or finding places where we can find, you know, names of people, right? So, you know, um, having these Greater Edmonton Pride pages were really a huge resource because I was able to go through and see, okay, businesses on the South Side, gay businesses on the South Side, and of course a lot were allies, you know, but but uh, and and many were gay owned businesses as well and so that is the place to start and so we have a list and we'll begin you know working from there as well i'm i'm very excited to even uh, think about you know youth emergency shelter as well yeah. which is there as well and Absolutely. which is a huge part and gay alliance towards equality had their yes. very first uh, home location uh, the the gatehouse was on the south side yes yep. yes princess and garneau have always been you know important uh, places to the lgbt community and it for a time, were were run by um, you know uh, LGBTQ people as First well. First time I ever saw a Divine movie was at the Princess. So you know it, it's sort of trying to uh, capture these stories and and make them public and visible and and so that we can you know all learn about in some ways the hidden histories, uh, the secret histories, the stories that uh, have been untold or only known in in smaller communities and. You know, the great thing about engaging in this project is all of us who maybe are, are seasoned veterans in, in some of this work, we're learning stuff new all of the time. So much. It's mind <laughs> Learning blowing. so much. Yeah, I, I'm a bit of a know-it-all. I think I know everything. And then you realize you don't know anything because there's just so much to know. It's fascinating. Yeah. For the, the completest in me, the research nerd junkie in me is just like, more, more. <laughs> <laughs> and then you try to write it all. It's like, oh. Oh, that's where it's just, it's enough to just know it sometimes. So... Yeah, just before we kind of run out of time, um, how, when might we expect this? Like, what is the process going to look like? Are we looking at a year, five years, 10 years? How long do you think it's going to take before we have a walking tour of Old Strathcona? Hopefully not 10, because I'll be too old to walk it by then. (laughs) What do you think? We'll get you a scooter. A year year and a half? A scooter tour. Now that, that, you're talking a whole new game now. Exactly. Yeah, well, e-bikes are, are a thing now and and popular, right? Good yeah. thing we didn't uh, plan a Segway tour. I think those are Wouldn't those are those are done and over with. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on, right? You you, you got to keep up with uh, the latest uh, technology. Uh, um, but it, you know what's really been great is you know this is we call it a forever project because there's just layers upon layers that we can keep going and researching and and sharing. And I think what's been really cool about what we've been able to do here in, in Edmonton is the very much the collaborative nature of the project. A lot of people remark on that, on how many different partners are involved from, you know, the city, the city being involved to, you know, community leagues, downtown business association, just to the diversity of our own, you know, project team. We've got business owners, we've got youth, we've got, you know, elders, history makers, we've got, 
you know, uh, undergraduate students and researchers and you know, all come together and, and we recognize, you know, that there's still more work for us to do in terms of the, the intersectionality and the diversity piece of the stories. And those pieces, the farther back you go, the harder they are to find oh. and, and share. Um, uh, but just people, you know, reaching out and, and one example was Story, Story City, which is a great, great platform that does, uh, you know, tours of uh, in, in your local community. You know, they gave us free space and support on their platform. So we're working on con converting um, what we have for downtown to be on their app so that when you're doing the self-guided walking tour with your map, you can have your phone out and the information will all be there. Or when you're walking by a location, your phone will buzz and let you know that queer, <laughs> oh, his that's awesome. queer history happened right here. You better stop and uh, take notice. Oh, I love that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's all of these people that want to support and want to, you know, further enrich the project. We've got a book publisher that's, you know, interested in, in, in making this accessible, um, out to the community in printed form. It's just, a, right now it's about, uh, our capacity and, and, um, we continue to seek, uh, funding to make this happen and so that we can get out to more communities as well. So um, it really is, a, you know, this wonderful made in Edmonton story of, of people wanting to support this kind of work and to be able to tell these stories about our city and about our community. But we've had uh, people from other communities across Canada call us and, and say, yeah. like, um, how can we do that here where we live? Well, and the, the tentacles from this project are kind of reaching across the globe. It's kind of fascinating. Uh, Chris and I both got to meet with a, uh, an architect slash author historian who's writing a book on the Emory and Walbridge uh, architecture firm from Edmonton, uh, which were, of course, the first, uh, well, the, so far the only lesbian architect firm that we know of in Edmonton, and and was able to connect with us and learn more about, and I actually got her access to the inside of some of those buildings because of my connections. And just to be able to sort of share and be able to sort of, she gave me a list of all the buildings that they uh, designed that are still in town. So now I can go and photograph them and add those to the to the pile of uh, archival material. It's just, um, and tell us about some of the, um, uh, the Forbes list, for instance. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and we've, just, we've gotten some great press. Yeah, the, the media uh, attention has been, you know, phenomenal and, uh, you know, a wonderful write-up in the Globe and Mail. Uh, and again, people see this, they contact us. And, um, uh, yeah, we got ranked on uh, Forbes magazine on on uh, sort of the best things to do in Canada for Alberta. And so the, Congratulations. You know, the queer <laughs> the queer history tour is is seen as a cultural attraction in the city of Edmonton. And so, um, you know, before we said it, it, what was really cool is about, you know, producing the maps and getting the website uh, up and running and then, you know, launching into the podcast. But those maps now have been so popular that um, we've had to reprint several times. We're talking about tens of thousands of wow. maps. And if you're out there this summer and, and you know, go to your favorite uh, restaurant um, uh, and pick up a copy of uh, Edify because our map is in the centerfold of Edify. That's 37,000 copies of Edify that are floating around the city. And, you know, in its own way of creating queer history at the same time, on the front cover of the of the Edify is a picture of Jason Kenny. Yes. Oh my Ir goodness. So me. irony is officially not dead. Is our map, right? Talk <laughs> about the juxtaposition. So I and always he's being interviewed by a queer writer. And I always wonder then if uh, you know, I wonder aloud, has Jason Kenny taken the tour yet? Right? <laughs> uh, 
I mean, he's probably been to some of these landmarks. Oh yeah, not on purpose. You can't you can't go in downtown Edmonton without running across a queer history landmark. That's just exactly how it works. But whether it's you like it or not. Funny twist of fate because people ask like, you know, did you were you able to pick the the cover and uh, like how did you you know plan this all to happen in a subversive queer you know, kind of activism way, right? We, we sort of co-opted his issue by putting our map right in the middle. Um, but I said, no, no, it doesn't work that way. You know, you, you, you don't get to pick the, you don't get to be the editor and, and pick the cover of, of the magazine when you go in it. Oh, so. the editor has a sense of humor. Just yeah. a happy coincidence. We just think that the divine justice of the universe ah, yes. always prevails, right? She, she looks after us. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we are... Pretty much at the end, but I do want to have a chance to hear just from everyone parting words of, you know, what are you excited for? Maybe there's a really touching comment that's been made about just, you know, any last thoughts before we have to unfortunately end our conversation? Um, as far as the podcast goes, we've got two that are posted. There's two that have been recorded that are ready to edit, and then there's two that are in the, in the pipeline. Uh, so far, I have cried it in every interview. But now that's not a surprise to those who know me. But uh, it's uh, it's amazing how moving the stories are every time. So. Well, we will link to that podcast in the episode description. Excellent. The podcasts have been absolutely fabulous in every way. Um, I'm just excited for the whole project. I mean, it's the way it's unfolding. Um, just the multi-dimensions of it, it, it continues to amaze me. The different platforms, the video online, the video, the audio, the podcast, um, the images, uh, and then the physical map. And so these different ways of outreach, I think, um, are just bringing in so many different audiences and so many different stories. And I'm, um, I'm just continuously fascinated uh, by how it's unfolding and and people's reactions, you know, and and uh, you know the excitement around it, you know. Very good friends of mine who have seen me working on this for mm, a couple of years now, uh, you know, and, and they're like, wow, I had no idea. You know, even my wife. She's like, I, wow, I had no idea about, <laughs> you know, way this, bigger you know? than anyone could have anticipated exactly. once you see it all in one exactly. place. And so, uh, you know, I'm just excited to see how it keeps unfolding. And I think, uh, you know, the philosophy we have is, is queer history is everywhere. You just need to know where to look to find it. And that's what we're really to do is is uncover you know, this history and and share the the wealth of the stories and the diversity and you know what what's cool for us on 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 the inside of doing all this is we have you know just an amazing project team of, of people who are really you know committed to come together and you know do the work and do the sleuthing and the researching and the writing and and we have lots of great great conversations and we're always trying to Right, strike the right balance between you know uh, us who come from sort of the academic world and and uh, really uh, you want to want to document and and write in a particular way and others from the community who you know challenge us to make it more accessible uh, you know engaging and that uh, you know this needs to be a history for everyone not a history that just sticks in a in a university or in a classroom 
100%. Take it to the streets. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all for making the time to come and update us on this. It's such an exciting concept that like this is putting Edmonton on the map and that it's something that you guys could come on once a year and update us on the next neighborhood that you've got done. So thank you That'll all be so exciting. much. Yeah. And, and we invite people, uh, you know, if they have stories or, or artifacts or memorabilia, um, you know, to contact us through um, our website, EdmontonQueerHistoryProject.com, and um, we'd be we'd be happy to um, collect those materials. And uh, who knows uh, what kind of history is hiding in your basement? I have one final thing to say. A hundred percent. It's time for a museum. <laughs> not yes. not not a corner in someone else's museum. It's time for a queer history museum for Edmonton. Where would you put it? Uh, well, it could be in my garage right now. I've got half of it built already, but <laughs> well, is not the lot for the old Mila Pub available? Can oh, we I set wonder. up shop That there? would be actually a great place for lobby it. the city. That's All smart. right, that's so smart. he that's a that's a that's a great idea. That's yeah. a good idea. If I win that lottery, I'll buy the lot. Okay, you heard it here first. <laughs> well. This has been a Research Recasted Reunion. Thanks so much for listening and stay tuned for more follow-ups with our researchers. Please visit us on Instagram at Research Recasted to give us a like and a follow. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you like to listen. This has been Research Recasted, a knowledge mobilization podcast brought to you by the Office of Research Services and Faculty of Fine Arts and Communications at McEwen University. Research Recasted is hosted and produced by Dylan Cave and Brittany Eklund. Music, sound design, and editing by Dylan Cave. With research, copy editing, and scripting by Brittany Eklund. Our executive producer is Ray Bereed.